Friends, will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, all of our hearts, will be welcome in your sight. For you and you alone, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, I've had this um, emerging sense lately of the sheer weight of um, stress that so many of you, so many of us are carrying around right now. Right? I think about our parents, particularly parents with young kids at home. Four months is a long time to be at home with your little one or little ones. It's stressful. I think about the kids, too. Young or old, four months is a long time to be at home with mom and dad and not with friends or grandparents or teachers. Speaking of teachers, I think about them. Uh, the second half of the school year was hard enough, but now just a few weeks removed, they're, they're having to worry as they look ahead to the coming year and what it will or will not be. I think about my conversations with those of you who have effectively been isolated for four months. That's a long time. There's a weight, there's a, there's a fatigue, there's a stress that comes with isolation like that. Think about those who, who are in positions of, of decision-making, church leaders, school leaders, public health officials, hospital administrators, elected officials, having to make these decisions with no real roadmap to tell you whether or not you're heading in the right direction or the wrong one. Right? This list goes on and on and on. There are so many people who are hungry, who are famished, who are parched for some rest some peace, some good news in this, this seeming ocean of anxiety. Which is why I am so grateful for these verses today. Anyone who welcomes you, Jesus says, welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who, who sent me. I don't know about you, but when I hear those verses in, in days and in, in times like these, they, they feel to me like Jesus reaching out and offering a cool cup of good news. Water, living water, you might say, but at the same time offering his disciples now as much as then a reminder that we are called as those who have been offered this good news to in turn turn to the next person, to our neighbor, and offer them that good news as well. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Do you hear it? That word of welcome. It reminds me of a worship I went to eight years ago in Asheville, North Carolina, at a church I've told you about once before called the Haywood Street Congregation. A friend invited me. Their services are on weekdays at the lunch hour, 12 o'clock. You, you step into this building that itself isn't that remarkable, nothing ornate or elaborate about it, but you, you step into the sanctuary and you are struck by something special. You look around and you hear the voices and you interact with the people there and you discover that at the heart of this church, at its very core, is a desire to share God's extravagant welcome. 
You look around at this sea of faces, literally a sea of faces, not a seat left, and you see black faces and Asian faces and Hispanic faces and white faces. You, you see the faces of attorneys and accountants, but also runaways and addicts, people the world might look down upon as rejects. You, you see faces that are happy and sad, faces that are full of life and faces that are weary with fatigue. You, you feel the stress that some are carrying. And yet every person who steps into this sanctuary is welcomed. And from that welcome, there is this, this buzz, this energy that fills their worship. And the only word I can settle on to really adequately capture what that energy is, is love. I think every person who comes into that space and feels that extravagant welcome, that they are welcome there no matter who it is, they are or are not. From that welcome comes this overwhelming sense that every person there is equally loved. It's almost like in that church, in that worship, it is a microcosm of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we step back and look at it from 10,000 feet, it is the story of God's extravagant welcome. Right? In Jesus Christ, God comes in the flesh and, and the envelope of God's love suddenly expands. It breaks down barriers, tears down walls. Jesus goes around and he, he tells people that before didn't believe the right things or do the right things or know the right people or worship the right ways. He tells them, guess what? God loves you too. It is the story of God's extravagant welcome for you and for me as well. The story of God's welcome of us, though we have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. And in that kind of welcome, there is only one possible response. It is to take that same cool cup of water and to share it with others to offer that same extravagant welcome to the next person, to tell them, guess what? Because I belong, you belong. Because I am loved, you are loved. Because I am not alone, neither are you. The story of the gospel of Je Jesus Christ is the story of God's extravagant welcome. The image that comes to my mind is the image of the table. And particularly the, the communion table and the invitation we often hear in our own church, right? It goes something like this. Come you who have been to this table often and you who have not been for a long time. Because all of you are welcome here. Come you who have followed Jesus Christ and you who have failed. Because each and every one of you are welcome at this table. Come you who have been here often. And you who have not been for a long time, come. For at this table, in this kingdom, at this feast, you are welcome. There is something transformatively powerful about welcoming others, no matter who it is they are.
no matter what it is they do or do not believe, to extend to them the hospitality of Jesus Christ can be a transformative moment in any person's life. I remember a friend from seminary who serves as a campus pastor not long ago told me the story about an experience he had around the table with one of the students in his ministry. They have a practice there where they form a circle, all of those in worship around the communion table, and they, they take the bread and cup and they pass it around the circle, and each person in turn takes the bread and offers it to the next person, saying, the body of Christ broken for you and the cup of salvation. My friend, he turned to a new student next to him there that night in worship by the table, and he, he offered him the bread, saying, the body of Christ broken for you, the cup of salvation, and the student wept. And afterwards, my friend, he pulled the student aside and he said, I couldn't help but notice how overcome with emotion you seemed at the table. Do you care to share with me about that? And the student told him, just two weeks ago, my church told me that I was no longer welcome there because of who I am. And not long after that, my, my family told me, you are no longer welcome in our home because of who you are. And I believe that I had no place where I belonged, but tonight at the table, I heard God welcoming me. I heard God saying, my body broken for you, my blood shed for you. You see, friends, the world is full of people like that, people who are hungry, people who are broken on the wheels of life, people, people who feel as if they are not welcome anywhere, who carry that weight of stress that all of us know too well in these days. And so we are invited in these verses to not forget the transformative power of God's welcome. Do not forget that God has given us food to offer. God has given us good news to share. Good news that sounds like those words when we turn to our neighbor and offer them a sip saying, you are welcome. You are welcome in my life. You are welcome in the church. You are welcome in God's kingdom. I'm reminded of a story that Fred Craddock once told about a time that he was invited to speak at a conference in Winnipeg, Canada, Western Canada, October. He went up there packed for chilly weather, but not snowy weather. And of course, a blizzard descended and buried the whole town. Everything got canceled. He couldn't get out. So he woke up the first morning and went in search of food came across this diner and we walked in. It was like all of Western Canada was there, not a seat left, but, but some people in a booth, strangers to him, scooted over and made room and said, come here, you're welcome, sit here, sit here. So Fred sat and as it turns out, the proprietor comes over and explains that they're not serving anything for breakfast but soup, take it or leave it. So Fred says, well, I'll take it. Bring the soup over, not hot soup, not good soup either, Fred remembers. And he's sitting there eating that soup when the door blows open and this woman who clearly lives on the streets, no head covering, snow in her hair, old raggedy coat, walks in. Some people in another booth, they, they scoot over and they, they say, come here, come here, you sit here, you're welcome here. And the woman sits down and the proprietor in his greasy apron comes over and he asks her, what do you want? 
She says, a cup of water, please. And he says, water is only for paying customers. She says, a cup of water, please. Provider says, pay for the food or get out. So the woman stands. But Fred remembers something amazing happened as she made her way to the door. As she stood up, he says, strangely enough, everybody else in the room also stood up, got their coats, put on their hats, and headed for the door. And that man, the proprietor, in his big, greasy apron, he relented and he said, okay, okay, wait, 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 everyone, hold up, hold up. Sit down, I'll give the woman some soup. So everybody sat back down and they began eating their soup again. And Fred remembers, I began eating my soup, and that woman, she started eating her soup, and, and Fred leans over to those strangers in, a, in his booth, and he says, now, now, who is that? Who is that woman? And the people responded, we don't have any idea. But if she's not welcome here, then neither are we. So Fred ate his soup that day, and he remembers that now it tasted pretty good. And when he finished the soup, he remembers it seemed to him suddenly that he had, he had tasted that meal before. It, it was familiar to him. And he thought, and then he remembered. It tasted a lot like bread and like wine. Friends, may the welcome of our God be for you. But even more importantly, May that welcome be yours to share. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.